listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM with Blake and Lawson. It's a Monday morning. It's a beautiful day. And we are getting ready for this week of Thanksgiving. Because on Thursday this week, whether you knew it or not, it's actual Thanksgiving. We've talked about this before, how I was upset that all the stores uh, were basically getting ready for Christmas and skipping Thanksgiving. We're not going to skip it here on Faith FM. It's an important holiday for at least 50% of the hosts. Wait, what's Thanksgiving? <laughs> On Faith FM. <laughs> what is that? Thanksgiving, like what is it exactly? We have it. You want to go down that history? We talked well, about it We yesterday. talked about it yesterday, yeah. but before we talk about it, okay. I'd like to talk about it. Before we do, we have to give another question. For all, right, all right, all right, all right. Okay. Which prophet wrote, we are all like sheep who have gone astray? Mm. Who wrote that? If you know the answer, 0491-064-669. Again, our prizes for this week. Firstly, 101 Secrets to a Healthy Life, a manual for a healthy... A manual, not Emmanuel. I was going to say Emmanuel. A manual for a healthy lifestyle by Jorge Gonzalez. We'll give you that one for free if you want to. He, here's some contents. Cool. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Total health. We are what we eat. Let's move. Metabolic syndrome. Bitter sweetness for the whole heart. Cancer. Uh, that old bad rod. I think it's just talking about cancer. You know and how it's bad. Um, how not to get it. Uh, heavier load. Good digestion. Defenses always ready. Not high. Not low. Just right. That's just one. This is one side of the contents list right there. Okay. And then. We've got here the Revive Cafe Cookbook Seven. Acceptable. And look, if you're listening, if to, if you're looking forward, if you want to eat some, how would you feel about this, Blake? Okay. Personally, there's no Southwells in here today, so we can talk about <laughs> this. Um, a chunky mushroom and bean soup. Oh yes, that sounds amazing. I love I love chunky mushrooms, dude. It's, just, it's literally beans. our favorite thing. And now that Lyle's away, we can talk about how much we love it. Um, <laughs> if you want either of those things, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Which prophet wrote, "We all like sheep have gone astray." Good question. All right. History. Okay, so essentially, I didn't know we were going to do this, but uh, but we should because I think it's important. So this week, I want to prepare you for Thanksgiving. And I want to encourage you listening right now, 0491-064-669, text us what you're thankful for specifically this week. Like, what are you looking forward to this week? Uh, or what uh, you're already thankful for that has already happened this week. It's very early in the week, but maybe something has happened. Text us, and please use those emojis. Uh, you know you know my thing. I love emojis, and I love to feel what you are typing. So text us at 0491-064-669. Let us know what you're feeling and what you're thankful for feeling about. Going back to Thanksgiving originally, uh, people basically came to America I don't know if it was called America then. I think it was called the New World at the time. Mm-hmm. And they were escaping religious persecution from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. When they arrived, they vastly underestimated the severity of a New England winter. Mm-hmm. Which actually, right now, if you look at Buffalo, New York, people are snowed in to the max. Dude, the Buffalo Bills couldn't even play. They couldn't even play. They couldn't even play a football game, which is like made to play in the snow. But it was like four to five feet or a meter and a half of snow mm. and people like you just trudging through on the field mm. people were like snowed into their homes like it was crazy and so it was pretty similar to that uh when the 
uh, pilgrims, as they were called, arrived into the New World there in America to escape religious persecution so that they could actually worship the Lord as they saw fit. And then as they started dying off, literally in almost droves, the Native American peoples, uh, the First Nations, they came with bountiful supply of food and preparation and saved these pilgrims. And this is what the first Thanksgiving is all about. The First Nation people and the pilgrims who have come over to escape religious mm. persecution, coming together, sharing a meal, and essentially being thankful that they're not going to die because <laughs> they didn't have any crops, they didn't have anything, they didn't have any food, they didn't even know how to really work the land at that point. And it was through this interaction with the First Nation people that saved their lives. And so mm. from that point forward... Maybe not right away, but like we look back to it historically, it became a national holiday in America. And really, it's it's kind of a really cool premise. It's like we are actually celebrating a day that people escaped religious persecution for freedom of speech, freedom of conscience, mm. freedom of liberty, right? Uh, and, and basically being given the opportunity for life when they were facing certain death. And now we are thankful for that situation. So text us at 0491-064-669 your thoughts about the original Thanksgiving as well as what you're thankful for this week with some emojis. All right. I'm ready to read a few text messages as mm. well, too. Mm. What are your thoughts on Thanksgiving? Well, I get some text messages up here. Well, Thanksgiving, it was, it was, there was, we were talking about this with Lyle yesterday. We there was like two different colonies. One's Jamestown, and then there was the other one. I forget what it was called. Do you remember, Blake? Uh, Roanoke, maybe. Mm. No, uh, I'm I'm not sure. I know it's in Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. you had uh, one, Plymouth. Yeah, Plymouth. Plymouth that's yeah, it. Yeah. Right. So one in Massachusetts, and the other one Jamestown, Virginia. Jamestown, Virginia. It was it was interesting talking about like Jamestown, Virginia is like. A slave colony and just all about the profits and all about the monies and uh yeah it wasn't then though that that had not had taken place yet just so you know like because at that point there was no there was no slavery there was no uh there wasn't even a, a cotton industry at that point well like well cotton uh, like slavery existed outside of the cotton industry <laughs> yes but the cotton industry <laughs> was like the that, that's thing what created the that, african-american slave trade yeah the transit the transatlantic slave trade. there was absolutely. slavery in uh like the caribbean because of the mm. sugarcane fields yep. that's where where it really began mm. but the the cotton industry mm-hmm. and tobacco big tobacco big cotton mm-hmm. <laughs> industries are really what contributed to the very intensification and extreme uprise in slavery in america but it was the people of i believe it was saying yesterday it was the people of plymouth like it was the yeah up in it, massachusetts that's right who were escaping persecution and lyle described it as like the schizophrenic nature nature of american history like on one side you've got these people who are interacting with the natives and giving thanks to them because they saved them and it's great. And then you've got another side, Jamestown massacre, like all this wild stuff going down because of that would continue to persecute. So they, well, and persecution in Europe at the time was crazy. Yeah. Like we're not talking like, it wasn't just like, Hey, you shouldn't be a Christian. Like it was like, no, we're going to kill we're you. going to kill you. Like yeah. it was wildly mm-hmm. crazy because it's, it, I mean, it's very, I mean, 
it's probably controversial to say, but it's very similar to what it's like in China right now. Mm-hmm. Like you can be a Christian as long as you adhere to all the rules that we have towards your mm-hmm. Christianity. Mm-hmm. That's what it was like in Europe. Like, yeah, of course we're going to be a Christian, but you just have to be this kind of Christian and that's we're going to kill you. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. that was the, that's what the in whole inquisition whatever, was all about. Be. Yeah. You know, the, the predominant mm-hmm. church, the, the Vatican and the, the Catholic church at the time were literally just, influencing governments uh, to just basically murder people who weren't Catholic. Wow. So if you if you were like, hey, I don't want to be Catholic, well, they would just kill you. And so they were Shmikes. protesting. This is why they're called Protestants. Mm-hmm. They're protesting the what they believed at the time uh, to be wrong. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we want to worship in a different way. And mm-hmm. then the powers that be said, no, you're not allowed to. And so they, they finally escaped, uh, went to America. But then they go... It's kind of being caught between a rock and a hard place. You mm. escape, you know, out of the fire into the uh, into the fire pit, or what's mm. the what's the out of the um, the skillet into the fire, or something mm. like that. I, I know that I know there's some there's some saying there's some yeah. saying like out of the frying pan into the fire. Ooh. That's what it's called. They, that's yeah. exactly what it's called. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. They jumped out of the frying pan. But then got into well an ice fire mm-hmm. and nearly froze to death. Mm-hmm. But the first people saved him. So good, so good. Did you have a text message to I read? Got, I got a few actually mm-hmm. here. First up, uh, though I agree. So this is not about Thanksgiving. Oh, it's a little wild. Though I agree, we should support poorer nations. I don't, however, agree with the premise from COP twenty seven. Very interesting thoughts, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure I disagree with this text i kind of i think yeah. we should help but i'm not sure that cop 27 is the solution that everyone thinks it may be you're listening to the breakfast show contact us on 0491-064-669 also because the solution of cop 27 was hey let's just throw money at it right that's that's the solution all the time like it's just yeah like but things, you know what? I don't have any. I have problems in my life. I don't see anyone throwing money at me. So what's going on here? Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. You're going. You feeling that student life? You're about yeah. to be a full time student here, man. Yep. Are you prepared for Oof. that life? I'm looking forward to relying on God a lot more. <laughs> Amen. Amen to that. Janelle texts us. I'm very thankful to the Lord for another year of life. Prayer hands, and then the little heart emoji with the little cute little yellow ribbon. I love that mm. one. And for all the blessings he's given me, it's my birthday today. Oh, happy birthday! Oh, happy Faith FM birthday to Janelle. Thanks for texting in. Oh, that's awesome. Happy birthday. Thanks for celebrating with us. God is good all the time, she says. Praise his name. And I've never seen this heart emoji in my life, but there's three of them. It's like a little dot and then a heart over the top. Look at that one right there. Uh. Have you ever seen that one? Yeah. I've never seen that one. I love it. It's really, really cool. Janelle, Mm. thank you so much. Happy birthday, and thanks for celebrating here on Faith FM with us. Mm. We got another text message here. This is from Braden. I got to spend a weekend with my sons, and it was Sabbath. Triple smiley face with love hearts. I love it. Oh, Braden, good stuff, man. Um, Very, very good. So, look, we are... Right here, live on Faith FM. If you can text us in at 0491-064-669, we would love to hear what you're thankful for. But we are going to jump into our 20 Million Movement Bible study. Oh, I'm ready. 
And it's a this is a controversial uh, lesson this week. It's actually yeah. quite wild. Well, essentially, I feel like this is a really appropriate for how we've been going along so far because up until this point, we have been asserting that the Bible says something about a topic that a lot of people are interested in in right. regards to the Bible. That topic being, what happens after you die? That is controversial. A controversial sure. topic, a touchy subject, and we have been here on the breakfast show saying People are that, dying to know. Uh, well, absolutely. Uh, Dad uh, joke. Yeah, there I you can go. do that. I'm licensed. That's <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm not. I'm not there yet. No, obviously. not there yet. Don't you be. Don't be bringing dad jokes in here, Lawson. You can't be doing that kind of stuff. But essentially. Especially because here on Faith FM, we've been saying that the Bible says something different to what a lot of people who claim to read the Bible actually believe. And that is that essentially what we've laid out in our show over the last weeks, over the weeks that we've been doing this study, is that when you die, guess what, guys? You die. (laughs) You actually die. You sleep in the grave and wait until the resurrection. Uh, Essentially, our theological uh, conclusion of the topic of death is that, well, what it's not is that, that we don't, we don't believe that there is an immortal soul. That's right. That humanity possesses innate immortality, which goes against say, we were just talking about Protestantism, the beliefs of the Catholic church. They are very heavily proponents of the idea that we, have an immortal soul that dwells within us. And as soon as we die, it either goes to purgatory or heaven or hell. And then many Protestants also believe that, but we're saying, no, the Bible doesn't Doesn't preach that. Now the thing is then it's like, okay, well, you know, we can look at a bunch of verses that affirm our view, but as we approach the Bible and we make weight of evidence arguments to see both sides of this, this topic, there are some verses that might sound, you could say, I wouldn't say oh, not like sketchy, but that might point in the other direction. And it's like, well, how do we interpret those in the light of the weight of evidence that we have? So I just want to read a few verses here. But before I do, I just want to have a word of prayer. <clears throat> Father in heaven, thank you for this beautiful morning. We pray that as we study your word, you give us wisdom and insight to understand what the scriptures are teaching. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So John five thirty nine says, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. First Peter 3.15 states, always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. And Second Timothy 4.2.3 says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine Mm. we need to be looking not only at all the passages that are easily explained and fit all of our beliefs but we need to also look at the passages that exactly what you were talking about many people are commonly using to teach something different Mm. from what we believe the bible is is saying and a question could come up there it's like well why isn't the bible necessarily clear like, why would there be passages that point in the other direction that we need to then explain through weight of evidence arguments? And the thing that we need to understand about the Bible is that the Bible, I believe, is 100% like, you know, cohesive 
and non-contradictory. Of course. But the thing about the Bible is that it has 40 writers. Now, all of those writers were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write what they wrote, but they were writing the ideas that the Holy Spirit was giving to them through words and passages and... uh, What's what's another word? Uh, examples, illustrations that would have been better understood to them personally and better understood to the time in which they were living in as well. Especially because the Bible was the Bible itself was written over a period of fifteen hundred years, two th- like with the last book being written two thousand years ago. Right. So we're talking about a context in which we need to do our best to decipher and to work out what the Bible says so that we can we can understand everything. It's not like you're having a conversation with, you know, well, for example, go and have a conversation with someone who was born 80, 90 years ago and there's going to be different language employed and different examples employed to describe certain things. Well, think about what it was like 2,000 years ago. Also, the fact that the Bible is translated from greek and hebrew to english and i believe that the greek the english translation of the bible is accurate like i'm not going to sit here and say you can only read the bible in greek and hebrew to understand what it means like no way i think you should do all of it and i've been studying to do that very thing i learned hebrew this semester but at the same time it's like hey we need to realize what the bible is it is the powerful living word of god it's also a historical document and we have to do our due diligence in going through each one of these passages with a fine-tooth comb and saying, okay, what is this actually trying to say? Talking about the living word of God, Jesus is described as such mm-hmm. in John chapter 1, and he never, he doesn't really ever suppress truth. Absolutely. He, he's constantly speaking in love. He's never rude, never needlessly spoke severe words or, or giving pain, needless pain to people, uh, but he does explain himself mm-hmm. he explains his position his role in our salvation and i think it's important for us as we move forward uh in this uh bible study this week to recognize that like god really does give us the answers mm-hmm. to the questions that are at hand i would just ask the question then blake why does it even matter to have the answers and this is something that my so my dad he's not a christian and I remember talking to him one time about doctrinal differences between church churches. And he's like, what, why does it even matter that people believe different stuff about God? Like, you know, if they want to be Christian, let them be Christian. Like, why do, why do we even care? The truth shall set you free. Ooh. Uh, I believe it matters because when you have the wool pulled back from your eyes, when you have the blindfold removed, when you understand things as they are in Christ, your life is different. Mm. And I know that when I met Jesus on a personal level, I recognized that the way that I was living was incongruent Mm. with Christ's will for my life, with God's will, with my creator's will for my life. But now I have a deeper understanding of my purpose, a better hope for my future, and a stronger will to choose to live in a way that is not only pleasing to God, but beneficial to me Mm. and those around me as well, Mm. too. So that's a short answer there, but the truth shall set you free. Mm. And this is why we should know what's actually happening so that we don't have to be blindfolded to Mm. the things that are happening all around us in the world, but to have a better understanding so that we can live a life Mm. 
better here, but also for eternity with the Lord. Absolutely. I think also it's, as you said, there is a huge benefit to us to know what the truth is in all of these regards, but it's also a benefit to God. Ooh. Because imagine you told someone something, you told them something, and then they completely misunderstand you and do something else. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We are going to dive into our Bible study again right after the last quiz question for the day by none other than triathlon athletic superstar extraordinaire. Place getter, bronze medalist. (laughs) The bronze medalist himself, Lawson Walters. In all labor, there is blank. But the talk of the lips tendeth only to blank. Ooh, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. The number to call or text our prizes for this week, of course, all in the genre of health. We have the Revive Cafe Cookbook number seven and one hundred and one secrets to a healthy life. But again, in all labour there is blank, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to blank. The Bible just waxes eloquent so often. Especially in the KJV. Yeah. Yeah. True. In all labor there is blank, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to blank. 0491064669 if you know the answer to that one. Uh, I have a few text messages here. Oh. I'm going to read them. Read them. Uh, Would you have a book that you could recommend that I can give to a guy at work who does not believe in the mortality of the soul. So he I what I'm hearing it says he believes in the immortality of the soul, which is mm-hmm. a Greek dualism idea that has nothing to do with the Bible. Good thoughts. Lawson, you look that up while I have another text message here. The solution of COP27 is about climate change, which is keeping a religious day of rest like the Jews. That is no work day which will end up as Sunday laws. Emoji with Purple sad face with the little horns there, thinking face, the world, and a bag of money. Thank you for texting in as well, too. It's pretty wild out there with COP27 and all the things that are happening in the world for sure. And we just want to thank all of our listeners for sharing their thoughts right here on Faith FM. Lawson, suggestions? I have a book by Dwight Hall called Secrets Beyond the Grave. Dwight Hall. I love that guy. Secrets Beyond the Grave by Dwight Hall. It's pretty, like... It's fantastic because it deals with not only the doctrine, but then also the experience as well uh, when it comes to signs, miracles, and and wonders in that regard too because you can prove to someone absolutely from the Bible in regards to, we're going to be talking about it today, what the Bible says about the immortality or the mortality of the soul, and you can prove to them very clearly that the Bible teaches that the soul is mortal um, and that we, yeah, we don't have an immortal soul that floats around after we die. But then there's a lot of people who say, oh, but I saw my grandma. I saw this. I saw that. Well, what does the Bible actually say? That's what this book is all about. Now, oh, man, I'm kind of building this up as a as a giveaway. I'm just recommending it here. We have given it away on the show before. So maybe listen. Maybe that could be the it. gift today. May- potentially. Can we do that? We'll, we'll see. We'll hey, see. Hey, we'll you, see. They have to keep listening. You keep listening. You'll yeah. know. We're not going to give stuff away without... <laughs> Giving it away. That's right. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. I'm just giving you that number so you can just text in and just hype us. If this is is this if this is the book you want, then let us know. Let us know. 
Uh, what I want to know as well, too, is we're now going to read from Luke chapter 16. Oh, and we're going to start in verse deep. 19. I want to talk to you a little bit about this passage. Many scholars suggest that this passage should actually be interpreted literally. Um, so when it's describing what happens when a person dies. But this view would actually lead to several unbiblical conclusions and would contradict many of the passages that we have already looked at previous weeks. So what I want to do is read the story, uh, starting in verse 19. Lawson, would you do that for us? The Bible says, Jesus says there was, Jesus said there was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen, who lived each day in luxury. Pause. I'm sorry. I got to pause. It's very interesting that he says there was a certain man. Mm-hmm. If you go back in Luke, this is Luke 16. Mm-hmm. If you look through Luke 15, 14, and even uh, some chapters even before that, this is how parables begin. Mm-hmm. There was a certain place, a certain woman. There was a certain shepherd, a mm-hmm. certain man. There is now a certain man again, a certain rich man mm-hmm. clothed in purple and fine linen. This... I would suggest, is the beginning of a parable. It's not even a suggestion. Yeah. It just simply is. Yeah, Jesus is not telling a literal story here, absolutely. <laughs> and, and we're going to find that out more and more. Okay. At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus who was covered with sores. As Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open wounds. Okay, pause right there. So, what's this man's name? Lazarus. Okay. What was the name of the man that Jesus raised from the dead? Lazarus. I don't think that's an accident. I think that there's a connection between these two stories, mm-hmm. and Jesus is communicating something about what he really believes about death. Mm. Because if you read in John 11, Jesus is very specific and very clear about how he believes that death is asleep. And mm-hmm. so he uses the name of the person that he raises from the dead to look back on this conversation. And I believe this story is actually told before mm. Lazarus is raised from the dead. I mm. could get my chronology wrong there, but that's what I actually believe. And so Jesus, knowing what he's knowing what he's going to do, is naming the guy that he is going to raise from the dead mm. in this parable to give people uh, a reminder of, hey, remember, we've actually already talked about what we think death is actually like. Do you want to keep reading over there? Yes, okay. I would like. You're to looking keep up reading. something. I just, yeah. I'm just quickly looking something up. Going? Bec- to, are you doing some like Hebrew search there? Because okay, <laughs> let me let me read this really quick. I okay. want to show you something. Okay. I want to show you something about the Bible. So in verse 22, it says, "Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels." With uh, was carried by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. Verse 23. And his soul went to the place of the dead. There in torment, he saw Abraham in the distance afar off with Lazarus at his side. Okay. So you hear what it said just there? said his soul, this is NLT. Right. His soul went to a place of torment. Let's read it quickly from the New King James, that verse, verse 23. Yeah. And being in torment in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. The difference in translation here, the New King James is a much more literal translation, a much more word-for-word translation, sure. particularly when it comes to translating Greek, because Greek you can translate into English a lot more word-for-word than Hebrew. Which is why we have the Septuagint, the, which is the Old and New Testament in Greek. That's right. 
But here in verse 23 is it basically the Bible writers have just gone completely uh, in the NLT have gone completely interpretive with it. For sure. And they've just said, hey, actually, his soul went to hell. But that's not what the Bible says, actually, at all. And the Greek doesn't say that even a little bit. It does not. Tinnies on in verse 24. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip his the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in anguish in these flames. But Abraham said to him, son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted and Lazarus had nothing. So now he is being comforted here while you are still in anguish. And besides, there is a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here and no one can cross over to us from there. So I do want to say just... We're, we're running out of time here today. I want to pick this story back we up will. tomorrow as well, too. But one thing that we need to recognize is, first, we would have to admit that heaven and hell are actually close enough to allow a conversation between the dwellers of both places. If this was a real story, and we'd that, have to make that a, And that, that heaven is Abraham's bosom. Big bosom. Which the first time... Because that's a lot of people there. The first time I read this, I thought bosom was butt. And I was like, that is disgusting. But then it's like his chest, right? Yeah, Yeah. it's his chest. It's like a big bear hug from Abraham for everybody. Again, I think we're going to be reading this tomorrow, but already from the outset, Jesus is going out of his way to make this story as parably, (laughs) as ridiculous as possible to teach a lesson. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We're coming into the question of the day time, but we're not there yet because first we need some answers to the quiz. All right, answers to the quiz. Okay, I love this one. What event shook up Israel two years before Amos received his vision? Do you know what it was? Uh, an earthquake? Yeah, that's right, because it shook the people up. Uh, next, which of the following did God not give to Moses as a sign for the people? Now, this was a tricky one. Yeah. So the tough one, the answer was B, Moses' hand became leprous. Now you could say, but he did give that sign. That that thing happened. It did happen, but it was a sign to Moses, right. not a sign to that, the That's why when you first read that question, I was like, wait, all those things happened. And mm. then I was like, and then you asked it again and said, what was a sign to the people? To the I was people. Like, ah, mm. Yes. Okay. While Israel was in the wilderness, a man who gathered sticks on the Sabbath would be executed. Gonskis. Tough, tough, tough stuff right there. Uh, which prophet wrote, we are all like sheep have gone astray. That is Isaiah. And finally, in all labor, there is profit. But in the talk of the lips tendeth only to poverty. Who? Oh. So basically work brings a profit or success. Yeah. Talk brings poverty. Yep. And that's what we do every day here on Faith FM. Amen. We get paid to talk. This kind of <laughs> kind of living a bit oxymoronically, you know, according to what the Bible says. But hey, congratulations. But we don't do this for the pay. I got to be honest. Amen. We love this. We, we do. We could be doing so many other things, but there's yeah, something sleeping about sleeping in. <laughs> there's so many. There's so many things about Faith FM that are just so good, and I it, it just really honestly. I, I don't do this for the money. Yeah, I, think I do this because I love it, and I love the community here, and I love the people, and I love sharing the word of God. People in ministry, always the view is, I do ministry for free, and I get supported to, so that I can Oh, I like that view. That, that's what we do. Yeah. But, hey, right now it's time for... Question of the Day. 
We are going to flip the script here a little bit because the lawsonator is going to take this question. I'm ready. Are you ready? (laughs) Okay. Why was the tribe of Levi chosen to look after the tabernacle instead of the firstborn? Uh, Great question. Now, the first thing there is, well, why is the firstborn chosen to look after the tabernacle or essentially be priests. And that is traditionally throughout the Bible, uh, the firstborn was seen to be the holy one, the sacred one. We have, you know, uh, verses like Genesis 49 and verse 3 where it says, Reuben, you are my firstborn. This is this is uh, Jacob talking to his son Reuben. Uh, you are my firstborn, my might, and the first fruits of my strength, preeminent in dignity and preeminent in power. And then if you jump over to Exodus 13 and verse 1 and 2, the Lord said to Moses, Conse- consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever is the first to open the womb among Israel, both man and beast, is mine. So there was this consecration that would take place, and that consecration is made holy. So this this made holy there was this holy thing about the firstborn that they that the firstborn it was their responsibility to be consecrated to God it's everyone's responsibility to be consecrated to God but specifically do or the so, work yeah. of the priesthood yeah. which is the priesthood was essentially existed to interact with God on behalf of the people uh, and that's what the Levites did in the tabernacle now the question is well why were the Levites selected over the Reubenites? If the Reubenites are the firstborn of Jacob as a tribe, then shouldn't they have been selected? Or what about the firstborn from every single family in Israel? Why was it just the Levites themselves? And the the answer is actually quite simple. It's essentially the Levites were the only tribe not to worship the golden calf. Okay, so when they escaped Egypt, they're going crazy. Moses up on the mountain, golden calf getting its wild party. Mm -hmm. Everyone's worshiping, but not the Levites. The Levites said no. Wow. That's what differentiated them. They said no. And God commentates on this. Good on you, Levites. In the book of Numbers, he says in verse 16 about the Levites. um, Actually, starting in verse 15, he says, Following this, the Levites shall come to serve the tent of meeting, uh, the the temple. You shall cleanse them and lift them up as as a waving. Um, For they are wholly given over to me from among the children of Israel instead of those who opened the womb of all the firstborn of Israel, I have taken them for myself. So he says, the Levites instead of the firstborn. For all the firstborn among the children of Israel are minor beasts. You know, I have taken them, I've sanctified them. I'm just paraphrasing now. And I have taken the Levites instead of the firstborn of children of Israel. I've given the Levites the gift as a gift to Aaron and his sons from among all of the Israel from among all of Israel to perform the service of the children um, of Israel in the tent of meeting. So essentially he selects... God himself selects the Levites over the rest of Israel, over the firstborns, because they wouldn't, they're wholly given over to him. And the evidence of that is that they didn't worship the golden calf when everyone else did. Fantastic stuff. As you go through this day, don't forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. Thank you.
Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.